Friends, as we look to reach into the depths of imagery and metaphor Isaiah has for us, let us begin with the word of prayer. Almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Friends, there's a lot of sickness going around this season. I don't know if you've noticed We've had a little bit of a taste of it in my house over the last two weeks. Not any of the big-name illnesses, but one of those nameless off-brand varieties or another, the ones that they don't sell nasal swab tests for at the, uh, the pharmacy, the ones where you have to rely on that age-old testing method where if you feel like you got hit by a train, you're probably sick. And I want to say that I honestly think it's a little bit inconsiderate that in this time when we have COVID on top of flu, on top of RSV, that we would have any other sicknesses going around at all, but nobody seemed to consult me about that. And so the three of us who live in our house have danced in and out of being under the weather for some two weeks now, but thankfully are mostly on the way out. Now, nobody likes being sick, of course. It's just not a thing that we enjoy, but I want to say I think it's especially hard to be sick as a small child. Their symptoms last longer because their immune systems are still developing, and those same symptoms can wreak havoc on their day-to-day play, but also interrupt restful sleep as they cough and sniff themselves awake at all hours of the night. Somewhere along the way in life, I got this idea that becoming a parent meant that the sort of questions that would keep me awake at night would be questions about the sort of world that we are leaving to our children. Well, I have spent some time awake in the middle of the night recently, I have been asking different questions. Instead of wondering about the long-term impacts of, say, climate change, I have wondered what could possibly possess a truck driver to use their engine brake on their way through the quiet village of Manchester when the sun has already set. Instead of concerns over the inaccessibility of health care in the world, I have desperately wondered if there could possibly be some magic cure-all that maybe involves apple cider vinegar or something. I don't know. Instead of pondering the vast racial and economic inequalities so prevalent in our society, I have wondered what I, a good person, could possibly have done to deserve the inconvenient troubles of a sick child. And it's not that the larger troubles of the world have ceased to exist over the last two weeks, not at all, only that I couldn't see past my own to those troubles Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can be a dangerous thing. When we come to the Israelites in Isaiah, they are a beleaguered people. They are plagued with the continual exhaustion of exile, displaced from their homes and their traditions, forced to eke out a survival as a religious and cultural minority under one empire or another, continually ruled over by the very ones who had destroyed their cities, killed their family and friends, and taken the survivors away to this turbulent existence. Even as some are then granted the chance to return to Jerusalem in this small window of time to rebuild the temple there, their return is only by the hand of a foreign king, and it is with the shadow of exile still darkening the city, and the reminder that things are not as they have been, and they have plenty of troubles. It would be understandable in this time for the Israelites to focus on their own problems for a season, 
more than reasonable for them to sort out what's immediately in front of them to tend first to their own ailments before looking around at anything farther out of reach. It wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing, but it could be a dangerous thing. Dangerous because an unchecked emphasis on our own needs above anyone else can lead to what one scholar I read termed as nationalism. Nationalism, an exaggerated sense of group solidarity that not only rejects the needs of an outside group, but is actively hostile to them. It's a short step from prioritizing our own problems to actively excluding those outside of our circles, either ignoring their troubles or refusing to admit that their problems even exist. And so what begins as an instinct instinctual need, an understandably instinctual need to tend to our own ailments can suddenly become an ailment of its own as we cling to our wounds and insist that we are the only wounded ones and we alone need care. The Israelites had troubles of their own and plenty of them. It would have been so easy for the texts of their time to lean into this sense of nationalism, focus only on their own troubles but they do no such thing. Now, there is a comfort to the people, to be sure, in this text. Here is my servant. God says through Isaiah, he won't break a bruised reed, and he won't extinguish a faint wick. And to a people who have known harsh rulers, who have been bent low and left exhausted, this is a balm to the spirit. The one whom God sends will be gentle. Justice will come, but not without asking more of a people who have nothing left to give. The weary will be given rest. And when we read this text as Christians, we might well hear it pointing to Jesus. Come to me all who are weary, he said once, and I will give you rest. And it is about Jesus. It is a text about a servant of the Lord filled with the Holy Spirit proclaiming God's justice for the people. And who is that but Jesus? It is about Jesus who came to serve and to save. But it's not just about being saved by Christ, and reading it like that would smother the integrity of the text, leaving only a fragmented story of nationalism where the story begins and ends with God saving us and only us. And there's more here than that. Jesus gave a sermon once in his hometown synagogue at the beginning of his ministry, and he quoted from a passage in Isaiah related to this one several chapters further along in the book, but one that continues with the same theme and the same imagery. And he told the gathered crowd who had known him since he was but a child that the Spirit of the Lord had come upon him, that he was a servant of the Lord, there to preach the good news to the poor, release the captives from prison, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And the people there were delighted. God had sent someone to save them. But then Jesus told them that he was sent first to others to heal and to save and to preach beyond the borders of those who knew themselves as God's people. And the people who could see their own troubles so clearly could not see past their own troubles to witness the plight of any others. And so they rose up in unison And they ran Jesus out of town, and it was truly a miracle that they were not successful in throwing him off of a cliff and killing him. 
nationalism might be defined as an exaggerated sense of group solidarity that not only rejects the needs of outside groups, but is actively hostile to them. The people there in the synagogue that day could not see that their salvation might well be all tied up with serving those around them. Jesus could have learned this lesson from Isaiah. Isaiah who speaks of a justice that reaches all people of all nations, a justice that is only justice if all people have the same access to the necessary things of life, if all are cared for and loved together. Jesus could have learned this lesson from Isaiah, but he also could have learned it from his father, well, his stepfather, Joseph, whose fiance once upended his life by becoming pregnant well before they were married. Joseph's problems were clear, and he worked through them then, finding a solution that was as kind as, as, and as gentle as it could be, but a solution for himself nonetheless. And no one could blame him for trying to sort things out in a way that would leave his life intact instead of upended. But an angel visited him in the night once to tell him the full story, a story of salvation through God's arrival in a child a story that is entirely about Mary and about Jesus and not really about Joseph at all. Joseph is a minor character in this salvation story, second behind Mary and not even with a speaking part. He is forever silent in the scriptures and yet called to look past his own troubles and to serve his neighbors quietly and faithfully. And so he does. He takes Mary as his wife, looks for lodging for her in Bethlehem when there is none to be found, and he raises her and God's child as his own. He set aside his own troubles, let his life be upended, and the world was better for it. So was he in the end. Because it might well be that our salvation is all tied up with serving those around us. I have called you for good reason. God says through Isaiah, and I will give you as a light to the nations. God could have been talking about Jesus here. God could have been talking about any single servant that God would ever call to serve in any time or any place. And God might well be talking about all of us too. I am the light of the world, Jesus said to his disciples once. But then at another time, he said to them, you are the light of the world. And so light from a candle spreads its light from one to the next. And so God's light begins and then spreads, calling all to be bearers of God's eternal presence in the midst of suffering and grief and pain. I was an acolyte for a few years in my church growing up. I don't remember much about it. I remember that you had to wear a robe in order to do it, and I remember how heavy the candle lighting stick felt because it was long and kind of cumbersome. And I remember that you had to shield the flame so that it didn't go out as you were walking up and down the aisles, bringing the light in and then taking it back out. And I remember that at the end of the service, when you went up to put out the candles, you had to first light the candlestick to carry it out, but then you put out the candles it came from. And so there's a little candle snuffer on the end of that stick, just a little cup shape. And you had to put that snuffer on the tops of the candles, put them out, but you had to do it gently. You didn't put the candles out by crushing them. And I would realize in time what was happening, that when you put 
that snuffer on the candle, when you tried to trap it in an enclosed space, when you tried to keep it in just one spot, and the candle would go out. It would choke on its own fumes and leave behind just a whisper of smoke as an indication that once there had been light there. You can't hide a light away. You can't keep a light for yourself. The light hidden away, kept to ourselves, does not remain a light at all. And a salvation kept for ourselves alone is no salvation at all. And a good news that isn't good news for all isn't good news at all. The light of God may well shine on all manner of injustices in the world. Greed and hatred, corruption and violence, inequality and oppression. And so God sends those to bear this light to reveal those things. But I wonder if the first thing to be illuminated as we open the doors of our heart to share the light beyond ourselves, I wonder if the first thing to be illuminated is in fact the face of our neighbors. Reminding us that we are not alone. Our troubles are not the only ones that weigh on the heart of God. And sharing the light that we have received amid our own ailments might well be a healing balm of its own that we wouldn't expect. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. And so Isaiah said, on behalf of God, I will give you as a light to the nations, a light of peace, of hope, of joy and love, and one that if we try to hold it for ourselves alone, ceases to exist. But if it is shared, if it is passed from one place to the next, one candle to the next, then the long night of darkness will soon be filled with God's holy light. Thanks be to God. Amen. Friends, I invite us as we continue in worship to stand as you are able as we sing our next hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, you can see the verses in the bullet.